calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello, Duck Hunt, and welcome to podcast number 254. I am your host, Chris Tilly, and this week I'm joined by Gav. Hello. And Daniel. What's up? How are we doing, guys? <laughs> Dan. Yo. <laughs> you prefer Daniel, though. Well, I forget sometimes. Do you prefer Daniel? Um, I'm not yeah. a fan of either. To be yeah, honest. it's just because we've got a Dan. We've got a very famous Dan in the office anyway. So yeah. There was a lot of confusion when I first started. Really? Anyway, let's, very similar let's not get bogged down in monikers. In the details. Um, inside baseball. Let's kick off with what we've been up to this week. Has anyone been doing anything exciting? Um, I was late for work because I managed to get Fleetwood Mac tickets. I don't know if that's exciting. Probably not. Yeah, it's exciting. Exciting for me. Yeah, yeah he knows the demographic yeah. already. <laughs> um, I've been playing Rogue a lot. We'll talk about that later, but that's just my week. Just playing Assassin's Creed Rogue, which yeah. turned up at the beginning of the week. I'm trying to get through that as quickly as possible so we can get a review on the site. Mm. It's good. It's got ships. When are we going to talk about it? Out At the week. end? Oh, I want to hear more about it now. Yeah, Are you having on. fun? Yeah, so on the running order, it's down as Ass Creed Rogue. I did uh, that. That was me. That'd be a different game. Uh, yeah, it's really good, actually, because Unity's, I think, come out as kind of a bit of a mixed reception. We gave it 7.8, yeah. saying, yeah, it's a good game. I can't it's, believe it's, they've released in the same week. Yeah, it's been blighted by lots of... Um, technical problems quite funny, funny ones, amusing yeah. technical problems like there's a touching scene right at the beginning of the game where your father and you, your new character Arno is a young child and he's in the um, palace of Versailles and your father tells you to sit down in this chair and wait for him and he gives you his pocket watch and it's a lovely touching moment and something bad happens to him but in some of the people's um, footage online is your father has no face and he just has a pair of floating oh, eyeballs no which is traumatic for different reasons. When I think fathers and sons and pocket watches, I think of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why his face fell off. Yeah. <laughs> he got startled. Um, so this is the other game. And I think everyone, Ubisoft didn't send out advanced copies for mm. reviewers. So a lot of sites don't have reviews up. And I think everyone thought, oh, this is really bad. You know, it means they're trying to bury the game. Like yeah. when people don't get invited to screenings of movies. Yeah. yeah. But I actually think it's a kind of, maybe so far, I think it might be for a different reason. I think they just okay. want all the focus on Unity. And it didn't want Unity the big expensive next generation yeah. the the game that's going to reinvigorate the series for the next 5-10 years to be upstaged by this PS3 and Xbox game because it's actually pretty decent the same week. I know that's the weird thing because 
I think originally they were meant to be spaced out a bit mm. and then there was delayed. I wonder if Unity got delayed because of the yeah. technical problems. And then they all got bunched and they're like, Shuck it out. And they were like, oh crap, we've got Far Cry next week. Yeah. And then we've got the crew in a couple more weeks. Just get it out. But yeah. it seems, um, I imagine a lot of people, I, I don't know this for a, um, um, to be true, but I imagine Rogue will come out on next gen consoles or current gen some consoles point, yeah. at some point but it's a really pretty game even though it's a bit rough around the edges and it plays like the greatest hits of assassin's creed so it's set after so you visit loads of locations that you have in previous games it plays like a sequel to black flag so you've got the boat That's you good. can sail around you can go to the arctic circle it's very pretty because there's no boats bears. in unity is there there's no boats in unity oh, at all I'm out. But so it's real it's an interesting game there's a lot to talk about because it almost reminds me of lost a little bit because Assassin's Creed's been going for like seven, eight years now. Yeah. And obviously initially there's like, let's do a game here, let's do a game here. And this is a game that's trying to make impose some kind of sense or order onto the chaos of just like making those snap second right, decisions. Okay. Like, oh let's do a game set here. So it's kind of re examining all the games that went before it. Because mm. you play an assassin who turns bad, who breaks bad and like goes around killing other assassins. So it's a game that's kind of reevaluating history. But that hasn't happened to you yet. I, it has now. It has. Okay, cool. But it's actually, that's the coolest thing about it is the story. Yeah. So, yeah. And we'll have a, a review up in the coming week. Hope so. Hopefully. I, mean, I think we're aiming for probably for the beginning of next week. Because I don't want to rush through it. Because I feel like you can get burnt out by games. And then yeah. you'd have, you think it's, because you're trying to meet a deadline. You're like, yeah. I don't, I'm not enjoying this anymore. But yeah. it's not the game's fault. Yeah. 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 Quite agree. Well, I've been to the BFI to see something quite interesting this week, which is an exhibition uh, about Star Wars, uh, namely A New Hope. They uh, have been in touch with Anne Skinner, who was the continuity supervisor on the first movie, and she's got her notated script with all her Polaroids that she took over the course of the shoot that no one's ever seen, and she's given them to the BFI to put an exhibition on. So we'll have a feature on the site about it, but I went down and spoke to one of the um, curators down at the BFI who mm. talked me through all the pictures and all the scripts, and it was really interesting. Deleted scenes, uh, changed dialogue, characters that never appeared in the final movie. Oh, cool. If you, if you like Star Wars, it's a really interesting treasure trove. Uh, and this is part of the wider BFI sci-fi season. Yeah, it's Days of Fear and Wonder, which mm. is running till uh, January and yeah I've, have you caught anything obviously I went to no, Flash Gordon I've bought some tickets so on I think a lot of it is yet to kick off I think it's kicking off this month properly yeah. I've got tickets to see David Cronenberg's The Fly on November the 28th awesome um, which I'm really looking forward to because I've not seen that for years yeah. mm. I remember the first time I saw that just how blown away I was by you know it's, it's based on a B movie Yeah. and then he's taken it David Cronenberg and done something distinctly his own about it mm. and there's like really weird dialogue in that movie like you want to dip into the plasma pool and re-emerge reborn like loads of really weird mm, trippy dialogue yeah. um, and also penis in the jar yeah and it's a full on tragedy like it's really sad at the end like, I did rewatch story, it yeah. a couple of years it's ago and it's beautiful love story the, one of my favourite scenes I think it scores by Howard Shore and there's a scene where she goes and visits Seth for the last time before his transformation mm. his descent into disease and he says I love you but he tells her to go because he said she goes why don't you want me here he's saying I love you but if you stay I will hurt you yeah and he can't help it I've mm -hmm. I've had to say that to a couple of girls before and it's, <laughs> no, it's not comfortable for anyone really so uh, that's not good and we're going to go and see 2001 aren't we dad <laughs> yeah that's good although the thing is we're uh, you know the, I've said it up here before the reason I've never seen it is I've been waiting to see it when I'm, well, I didn't want to see it as a it? kid yeah because I, I had a video when I was a kid and I, 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 
I tried a couple of times. Thought, now this is yeah. boring. I'm going to wait till I'm older. And then I've been waiting for the right occasion on a big screen with a live yeah. orchestra or <laughs> on the IMAX something. And now I, I'm worried we're going to be seeing it in a screening room. I'm really concerned about this because it's not at the actual BFI. It's at their offices, which I haven't been to oh, near right. us. So I might have waited all this time and I'll be watching it just on like a big TV. In someone's office on, <laughs> on the TV. I don't think it's quite that bad, but it won't yeah. be on the giant screen like it's I was like hoping. one of those TVs you had at school that's rolled on, the, on a big stand. <laughs> but, but I've got to see it because we're going to be interviewing well, we maybe some people from yeah. print. I don't know at the moment. I love the fact that as a child you were like, do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to wait. I'm going to enjoy this more. No, as an I, I was quite think. mature as a as a as a film watcher as a kid. I, yeah, and yeah, I watched some films when I that were too advanced for me and I got upset about it. I got really annoyed that I didn't understand Blade Runner and okay. hated it because I thought I genuinely thought I was watching a Han Solo movie right, yeah, when yeah, I put yeah. the video in. <laughs> I thought this was a new Han Solo movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a spin-off. Oh, it was only five years ago. Did you, did you ever have that experience watching a film that was beyond your years? Yeah, but it's not as good a film, but Interview with a Vampire. Okay. Like, I was way, way too young to be watching mm. that, I think. I was just on the sort of cusp of, like, I don't know how old I would have been, um, but really, really way too young to be watching it. And Because I, I loved, like, American Way Off in London, like The Lost Boys. I thought, oh, it's going to be like that. Yeah. And I was like, what is this film? Like, didn't really understand the sort of, like... I just didn't understand it, basically, what was going on. I felt it's sort of a similar thing. Like, I felt quite frustrated by it for the same reason that yeah. I thought it was going to be Lost Boys, but with Brad Pitt sort of thing, and it wouldn't. I got burnt by Scorsese as well. Okay. Because when I was maybe 10, 9 or 10, I watched Goodfellas and loved it. Now, I must have been 12. Mm. I was going to say 9 or 10. I must have been 12 because yeah. that was the age I was when it came out. I loved it so much that I, I, I went and got got my dad to hire out Mean Streets and Raging Bull yeah. and they were just way yeah. beyond my years oh, yeah, yeah. Raging Bull because Good Feathers there's something immediately exciting about yeah, it exactly, yeah. I think I watched that when it was 12, 13 yeah, yeah, on yeah. Channel 4 and you can yeah. follow that quite yeah. easily yeah, just, fu- yeah. watching this going I'm not meant to be watching this and this is bloody brilliant yeah. <laughs> this is amazing yeah I remember my friends and I calling it Raging Bullshit Oh, I didn't know what I was talking about, did I? I wrote some of um, my GCSE coursework on Goodfellas. I did a film review on Goodfellas. Awesome. It's an 18. We should stick it. We still got that? Yeah, probably. Someone you have to put that out. We should stick it I'll up on the site. I'll see if yeah. find it. There's, there's a documentary just gone on Netflix in the States about uh, Henry Hill, actually. about uh, awesome. it's, it's all about the plot that actually got Jimmy... They call him Jimmy Conway in the film, don't they? Yeah. But he's not called Jimmy Conway in real life. But that, that, that got him arrested. And it was all to do with college basketball uh, betting on college basketball oh, really? and they totally messed it up and none of them made any money out of it and that's what it was like it was like getting Al Capone on tax evasion yeah, right, they yeah. got Jimmy on this this stupid and it's, Insignificant it's, and it's interviews yeah. with the, the, the basketball players now they were kids at the time wow. and they just talked to the wrong people messed with the wrong guys and suddenly they were in a lot of trouble and had to, had to throw games um, that's on Netflix now yeah yeah oh, sweet I'll yeah a couple of weeks ago I think good. it Netflix is doing amazing with documentaries at the moment. Yeah, well, I love the sports documentaries that they yeah. do in the States, the, the um, 30 on 30. Yeah. Yeah. Is that becoming like the default distribution platform for documentaries? Because obviously theatrical is not a good one, home yeah. for documentaries usually. Yeah. Mm. Netflix, I don't know. That's what I'm watching a lot of documentaries of on there. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. catching up on Errol Morris ones that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. It feels like more and more stuff is just going direct to Netflix. Yeah, I watched them. I didn't even know about it until Netflix. The Battered Bastards of Baseball the mm. other day. The yeah. Kurt Russell, about yeah. Kurt yeah. Russell's dad. Oh it's my good. God, such a good film. But I didn't know anything about it until I was like, oh, what's that? Checked it out. It yeah, awesome. they've got yeah. some good sports stories coming out of the States. Their sports lend themselves well to celluloid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you like rubbish American sports films, like undefeated, that's your thing. Undefeated is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they're not rubbish. Some of them are rubbish. Yeah. Uh, anyway, should we talk about some news? Mm-hmm. That's about five tangents we've gone on there, which is how I like to start a podcast, if I'm honest. Yeah, informal. Uh, Dan, I believe you have the first. I piece. Do so this week. Um, one of my most anticipated games of the year is Batman Lego Three Beyond Gotham. Has come out. It's out in um, the UK. T- 
day when the podcast comes out on Friday. Right, yeah. It's out in America already. So people have blitzed mm-hmm. through the game, got to the end. And usually in the last few Lego games, there's been a teaser, a trailer at the yeah. end that um, predict, like tells you what the next one's going to be. Mm. And apparently at the end of Batman Lego 3, it's you, awesome, Batman yeah. and Robin are climbing up the side of a building and you see a dinosaur and you hear a snippet of the Jurassic Park theme. Yeah. So we knew already, it was like slip early in the year, that um, Universal have signed contracts with Lego to make Jurassic Park sets for the new movie. Chris Pratt let that slip, I think, on Empire. And they've confirmed that now. And it seems like they're going to make a Lego tie-in game. So what I really hope is like the Star Wars games, it'll be structured. So it won't be just based on Jurassic World. It'll be the first three films. Yeah, I mean, that would be... Which would make sense, because that's where you're going to get enough materials to play yeah. around with and, and that nostalgia and all the characters. see this is the thing though the Lego games are really good like I really like the Marvel game because you've got loads of characters to draw on um, the new DC game essentially it's a DC game not a Batman yeah. game it's got loads and loads of characters from Swamp Thing to Wonder Woman the only thing is with the other Lego games like the Indiana Jones one you're like unlocking Swordsman number three that's what you would be like with Jurassic Park a though, little though, bit with Jurassic Park I think you're probably going to have 15 to 20 iconic characters at at a push Mm -hmm. been spawn but I suppose you could have a lot of dinosaurs to play with exactly yeah yeah. yeah. and that's what they're the iconic characters and the cars and vehicles are quite iconic in Jurassic Park so that can maybe alleviate some of that kind of pressure on having 150 characters yeah yeah but yeah Lego Vince Vaughn like you say Lego Julianne Moore can you kill the kids early on just be done with them <laughs> really awkward grown up Lex and Tim yeah <laughs> so that, that's news going to make you happy then Dan yeah I just want to play as I'll be really good I can already imagine the kind of humour that will yeah because they usually use the actual dialogue from the movie which would be really amusing to see yeah. like little Lego Samuel Jackson oh man saying hold on to your butts and that's then if his incredible. arm can fall off yeah <laughs> so yeah that's really exciting if Can't... we haven't got a piece up about this uh potential game on the site I think you should write <laughs> just one write yeah. basically what this game should be I know you've probably made 80% of it yeah. well we've done that we? We, design document. we did that with the movie and we, were, we weren't far off with a lot of was, things I, weren't we yeah, yeah you did I, it I said that way before anything was announced I said it's got to go back um, to the original park I'd yeah. like to see it up and running I reckon Colin was probably listening yeah I'm not, reading. I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle watching Jurassic World. Like, I think I'm just, it's the same month that I'm 30, and I think uh, it's going to be too, too much, much of an emotional experience that month. I think I'm going to have to, like, go see it by myself really quietly. I think I want to go see it with my mum and basically yeah. recreate the yeah. conditions in which I saw the original Jurassic no, World. No, I'd really like I'll to wear do shorts. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do that. I, I, that's why I wanted to go and see Dumb and Dumb with my brother, mm. but I can't now. Anyway, it's not supposed to be very good. That's sad. And more sad news coming from me. I was actually choked up when I was writing this. Tarantino's talking about retiring. I don't know what I'll do with a world without Tarantino movies to look forward to. They're normally kind of my most excited moment of the year watching really? one of his films I mean I don't at the end of them I'm like oh didn't like that one <laughs> didn't like that one as much as Reservoir Dogs not like the other ones um, but so you've basically had that experience <laughs> since, since Reservoir Dogs yeah, I still get excited it's not it's not like Shyamalan though where they just get progressively worse like mm. there's always <laughs> there's interesting there's something good in every single yeah. one of his films yeah. like I, I love Django like I thought that was brilliant yeah you're not a fan of Django? No, I did. In Glorious Bastard, I didn't like as much as I wanted to like it. But to be honest, oh, I think I, I think I've actually not seen I've, the version I've seen isn't the one that was released. So yeah. really, apparently, yeah, I saw I saw a really early cut of it, and I think yeah, I think maybe it's better than I saw. So maybe I should watch that one again. Yeah, I like Django until we had to do a tweet along for it, and then ended up hating it because <laughs> so I had to do a tweet along for three hours. <laughs> I hate this. With Jamie Fox though. 
Yeah. Kind but of. he was sitting with you. Jamie Foxx's assistant. Well, let's pretend he what? was. Okay, yeah. How do you, do we, like, the thing is, how are you tweeting? It's quite, it's quite a harsh film in places. Like, yo, yeah, they're just beating up. They're beating someone to death now. Lol. Uh, how do you do that? Remember to use the hashtag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what we said. I'm sure that mine were the best tweets, though. I think I started off really well in the first 15 minutes going, oh, this is, zing. Zing. Yeah. After two hours in, I'm like, oh, we should end. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> uh, so it's still available on Blu-ray. <laughs> Tarantino's been at the American film market doing quite a... I, th- I think a thing that happens there regularly but doesn't normally get covered. Mm. But for him, this is a big thing. He showed up with his cast to try and convince foreign sales agents to buy The Hateful Eight. Okay. Obviously, there's a huge bidding war around it. People want, you know, his films are making more and more money each time out the gate. But he is very being very strict about how he wants it screened. He wants it to be like an old-time... Uh, 70 millimeter movie where it plays for like three weeks in maybe the biggest cinema in a town and then moves out or he's got all these ideas that yeah. he's trying to push through kind of like extending on what Chris Nolan's done so he with just wants to extend the experience to the way that people watch and consume the movie he wants to have control of that yeah, he wants well. to, like, he wants to make cool, it an yeah. event he wants to stop people watching them at home on their iPad the iPhone and he, it's it's kind of you know Nolan I think if it if you were screening 70mm you got Interstellar a day or two before I think yeah. in some places so he was out there he brought all the cast along and it was basically him pitching his film and then meeting with all the and it was fun interesting he was like talking directly to all the different companies who've released previous films of his yeah. trying to like figure out who was the best what was the best way to go I quite like that yeah I mean it's interesting. I hope they filmed some of that. That'd be really, really interesting to watch. I'm sure it's all be like I thought that because De- Deadline uh, wrote up a lot of it. They, they yeah. hosted the Q and A, but I was thinking, this, what a shame! This I can't watch this because yeah. I'd be really interested. Because also, he had Kurt Russell with him, Sam Jackson chipping in. I'm more for like stunts as well. Like the, I've watched quite a few documentaries about William Castle yeah. and all the stuff mm. he used to do, like the flying skeletons. And I remember when I was about. 11 or 12 it was one of the first times I went to the cinema on yeah. a Saturday afternoon with a bunch of my mates from school and we went to see um, the Brendan Fraser the first Mummy film yeah. and, ho- and it was a packed screening in a converted church cinema in Blackburn mm. and midway through the film somebody dressed as a mummy from the staff <laughs> ran through the audience and it was brilliant because it yeah. felt like um, that scene in It where the kids yeah. were watching I Was a Teenage Werewolf it yeah. felt like prop- felt like I was watching a movie in 1950s America Yeah, it was really cool I always thought at the end of Spice World the Spice Girl should have come out every <laughs> screening and done wannabe just for each and every screening that would have been incredible you could probably get him to do that now yeah. probably now much. definitely I do like the idea of like extended like have you guys you guys seen ghost stories like mm-hmm. the theatre production like because I think it was the second run of that um, when he moved from Hammersmith to like one of their so, main yeah, theatres yeah in West End the entire theatre is done out in sort of and as soon as you walk mm. through the door that's when your experience yeah. starts and mm. like I'd love more cinemas to take on like that picture houses are pretty good at doing that yeah do yeah. themed evenings yeah yeah, yeah. But um, Tarantino also talked about the end of his career. He said, um, I don't believe you should stay on stage until people are begging you to get off. Mm. I like the idea of leaving them wanting a bit more. I do think directing is a young man's game, and I like the idea of an umbilical cord connection from my first to my last movie. I'm not trying to ridicule anyone who thinks differently, but I want to go out while I'm still hard. I like, I like that I... <laughs> you classic Tarantino. It's classic Tarantino. Um, I like that I will leave a 10-film filmography, and so I've got two more left to go after this. Cool. Which confused me, because I never understand what is official and what isn't in his yeah. filmography. Do Kill Bill count as one? Does Be- uh, Death yeah. Proof... Does Grindhouse... Yeah. I don't know. I'm all very confused. But he's saying that he's got two more after Hateful Eight. Yeah. Um, he, he then kind of goes on to say he's not ruling it out and, like, it depends how he feels and if he's yeah. got a good idea. He has said that for a long time, though, that he's not going to go on doing this forever. No. 
But I do like the idea of like going out on a high. I watched again on, on the weekend the LCD sound system film, Shut mm. Up and Play the Hits, and like there's a, re- a really awesome docu- documentary. And yeah. like when you when he's talking about going out and they're just like people are like, why are you doing this now? Like, you're, but he's like, I'm going out on a massive high. Like yeah. nobody gets control how their uh, the sort of their career ends. Yeah, we're controlling it. Like I, yeah. I don't know. There's something really quite powerful about that. And it would be amazing if he's got this ten film filmography that's so yeah consistent. You know, Death Proof is his only out and out flop yeah jackie brown is the one that people didn't really like at the time but everyone seems to like now yeah. and it's like there's nothing that's really been you know it's 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 he's kept at this amazing level all the I'm way very, through varied as well and it, i've got no yeah. reason to think that the more i read about this film i've got no reason to think it's not going to be awesome as well can you imagine if the last one is just like uh, like brendan fraser like rom-com he's just like yeah i'm just gonna do this one like <laughs> well, I, cop out to him i want to do a really <laughs> rubbish film before i end and you know he's, he's spent also the last 20 years talking about making sequels to all his films he's never made a sequel as well yeah. but no i like the fact that he, he just hasn't done it and there'd be so much money to be made if he had done the vega brothers or yeah. you know the kill bill kill bill three or whatever with the daughters but no he's he's not having any of it let's hope he doesn't go out on a sequel then no i don't i don't think he will at this point okay he's talked about doing a sci-fi hasn't he Hmm. um but kurt russell did when he'd finished this long speech kurt russell did follow up with turning to the audience and saying you don't actually believe this shit do you (laughs) (laughs) it's like steven soderbergh you're still making films though kevin smith kevin smith and steven soderbergh have retired a lot (laughs) yeah Although uh, Soderbergh's on telly now, isn't he? He's doing the yeah. Nick. I mean, Kevin Smith's films, by all accounts, have gotten really bad. I quite like Clerks too, but apparently Clerks Tusk too. is terrible. And this this three. one with his door in. Yeah. So what's happening? He's making Clerks three, and then then he's ending. Is that well? Right? He's doing this one at the moment with Johnny Depp's daughter and his daughter playing yeah. like almost Yoga. like young Clerks with what's Johnny Depp. Yoga twins or something? Trojans, I think. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. But it just sounds bad. Yeah. But um. Yeah, well, well, we'll take that with a pinch of salt, Tarantino. Uh, have we got another bit of news? Yes, we've got the Warcraft mm. stuff. So last weekend was uh, BlizzCon, and um, which is Blizzards, through the people who make World of Warcraft, sort of like massive festival for all their fans that they do every year. And it gets massive, bigger and bigger every year. Like Metallica closed it out this year nice. with a performance, which is <laughs> incredible. Um, yeah, I was sort of like emailing like tentatively around PRs as soon as I get Metallica, they're going... You taking any journalists out this year? Like, do we could go really big on it this year, but nothing didn't get anything back, unfortunately. Uh, but Duncan Jones was there, sort of uh, talking about his Warcraft movie, um, and he gave away loads of posters. Like, he was like showing loads of posters. It's going to be a Horde versus the Alliance thing, which is the first time I think we found that out. Like a bit more plot details and things like that. It was also like character posters and stuff like that they released. Like, it was a huge, huge thing, and for something that's been so closely guarded, mm. uh, to just go out and then. It's, it's cool. Like, it's their good. own platform. They can yeah. control it. Like exactly. Yeah, you're the man in the know, though. And you can't <laughs> say anything, can you? I'll just keep stumping out. Yeah, it's frustrating because obviously I knew all this information. Oh really? Yeah. I really wanted us to debut on IGN, but I guess they decided BlizzCon was a bigger deal. Yeah. I'm surprised actually. You didn't get more traffic though. This announcement when we when we stuck it up yeah. on the site. But yeah, they they announced uh, pretty much everything that uh, I know character wise. Mm. There might be a couple that they haven't announced there. Okay, that I can't cool. say anything about. Yeah. But yeah. So who's playing what then? Well, it's it's pretty big actually. Like Ben Foster is in it. I really really like Ben Foster. Um, then Dominic Cooper is playing King Lane. Like that's one of the main ones. I interviewed mm-hmm. Dominic Cooper about when Neva Speed was uh, doing the rounds. And um, I don't think he's a huge gamer, but no, he's not at all. No, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was better at Need for Speed than Aaron Paul. Aaron really? Paul, <laughs> he was rubbish. Really, <laughs> I, yeah. 
Um, but uh, like he, from when I spoke to him, he he's really excited about doing it. He's really excited about working with uh, Duncan Jones, um, Clancy Brown as Black Hand. That's a really really big one. Although no character poster for him, just thing, just his smiling face. Uh, and Paula Patton as Garona is like one of the main ladies, but I mean, it's a pretty decent cast. Like quite, yeah. Just, they've been uh, working on it a while, and it's not coming out for a while. I don't know. A lot of yeah, I, I, th- yeah. I think like the human hero is played by Travis Fimmel, who mm. people know from uh, Vikings, who looks the part. Yeah, um, that's a character called Lothar, and then I think the kind of the, the lead villain of the, ple- the piece is played by Toby Kibble, and yeah. what's that? Uh, Duolan. He's the leader of the horde. Yeah, but um, see, I can say what they've said here. So the very much a big, big reason that Duncan wanted to make the film is to change the script from what Sam Raimi's script was. Yeah, where it was good versus evil. Where here he's very much trying to make a movie that is you can see both sides of the argument. Okay, yeah. So it's the first time the orcs and the humans meet each other. Yeah, and um, yeah, you you should feel sympathy for both sides. It's interesting actually because they were I, I went and visited the set and. They were telling me these things, and it was just before I saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, right? Which is a very similar thing, where you're supposed to be able to see both sides and understand Definitely, both yeah. sides of the fight. And Toby Kibble's actually in both of them, yeah. playing like the supposed villain, who yeah. sometimes you can actually understand where he's coming from. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, are you excited for this? I, I mean, I was, I'm a huge World of Warcraft fan. I mean, this is a, a lot different to World of Warcraft. It's based on sort of earlier games and things like that, but. I don't know. I just I'm just not into that world anymore. Like I'm excited for it because it's Duncan Jones, and I'll definitely go see it because of that. But as like a, you know, I've been burnt by video games, movies for so mm. many years now. Like, and I sort of, I, I really really want it to be good. But and I like what you're saying is like I I really like that. I I love that idea of being yeah. able to see sort of both sides. But whether or not you can do it because that's what the entire game is built around this huge universe can you make that into a two-hour thing i don't know yeah um we're approaching another age like another generation of video game adaptations yeah Uh, we had the first cycle it was pretty dire yeah Mm. mortal kombat's the street fighters whoa whoa, whoa. mortal kombat's a good (laughs) maybe the sequel yeah um but we've got you know the assassin's creed movie the splinter cell movie this There's, an, there's another clutch on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. had high hopes what... for Prince of Persia was the one I thought was going to be the first yeah. good one, and it just it just didn't work. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of hopes pinned on this one. Uh, everything I saw suggested that this is going to be a good movie. But it's got okay. a really good, interesting director at the helm. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's more the than anything yeah. for me. So, that... Someone who really cares as well. Mm, yeah. Someone who really loves video games more than they like movies, yeah. in fact. But also someone who understands that, you know, you can't, these won't work by adapting a video no, game. Yeah. You just got to start at the beginning, collaborate with the people at Blizzard, yeah. you know, really get them heavily involved in, in the yeah. story that you're telling. And, yeah, not 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 think about it. Not you know like you've just got to you've got to make a whole. You can't worry too much about the game fans, which sounds no, awful. But you've yeah. just got to th- think about it's making true, a good movie with a good story. Yeah, you know, uh, Peter Jackson couldn't worry too much about annoying Lord of the Rings fans yeah. by changing certain things, and he just had to make a, a film that works. Yeah, yeah. like um, Tom Bombadil. Get rid yeah. of him. Yeah. Because as much as people say, oh yeah, you miss him out. Imagine yeah. that movie does not need. A 30 minute scene with a dude no. singing yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, the the uh, I read an article this week. I was, I'm almost slagging off the Hobbit movies by talking about all the things they left out or changed from the books. Yeah. And almost all of them, I was nodding, thinking, yeah, I can see exactly why they changed that, yeah. or why they left that out, or why they reintroduced this character. You know, it's just it's it's a different medium. That's yeah. a, and that's the thing that like, you're always going to get the people who are just like, I can't believe you've done this, and like so attached to the source material that. But you do. You just have to completely yeah. separate yourself. Yeah, and I think from comic it. book fans have learned to deal with that with regards to the Marvel comics they've changed so much and they've yeah. left so much out but they work as films I guess, the, I guess the difference is there's trust with Marvel yeah, where we don't they trust filmmakers over time yeah. that's yeah. the thing yeah. Um, yeah I'm excited for the Splinter Cell movie as well I really loved Edge of Tomorrow yeah. and Tom Hardy and it's just a cool premise for a cool movie yeah. you know it's, a, it's another Mission Impossible style born yeah. film like, it's almost it's easier a cool to secret make, agent movie yeah. it's but almost easier to make that kind of film yeah, isn't it because it's drawing on a lot of film inspirations in yeah. the first place as a yeah. series Assassin's Creed and Spencer were both supposed to be out next year they're clearly not coming out oh, next no, year at this no. point so it's kind of weird the way they've just quietly slipped yeah they should just yeah concerning <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's talk about something else uh, I've got a bit of a news story that came up this week which I thought we could discuss at length oh, pray, um, pray tell Christopher well the Wolfman is back uh, Deadline reports that Prisoner's writer Aaron Kozikowski is being courted to get the Wolfman howling again. Uh, his new take on the character will follow Kurtzman's Mummy reboot, um, which is supposed to be coming out uh, June 2016, and will be the first movie out of the gate for the stu- for Universal, unless you count Dracula Untold. And do we count Dracula Untold? I think they've yet to like decide Say on that one. Yeah, because that was weird, wasn't it? Like, if it's if you all like this film. Then it is, but if it's not, don't worry about it. Don't worry about yeah. it. We'll forget about it. That's kind of their attitude towards it. It can be if you like it. It's quite wishy-washy. Yeah. Isn't it? But but recently, Universal did announce a project coming out April twenty first, twenty seventeen, which is untitled Universal Monster franchise movie. So we're thinking that could be a Wolfman reboot. Okay. So, is it too soon? We so had what, a Wolfman not that long what, ago. When was that? That was the Benicio del Toro one. Yeah, I believe it, it was twenty ten. And so this would be 2017. That's seven years, which is... That's a fair... I mean, that's longer than Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man was, what, five years? Between uh, Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. So how long is too long? Can you reboot a movie a year later, two two years later, a game? Like... Because we all... I don't know. Spider-Man... The Amazing Spider-Man made a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. But... I, I couldn't get excited about it no. and look it looks like that that franchise is now faltering I think, I think yeah. it's, even though they're making money I feel like a lot of that is to do with you know Spider-Man is appealing he's built up an audience and a, a level of interest around that character yeah. over many years which the Raimi films only kind of heightened but now I feel like even I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I used yeah. to love Spider-Man, and I'm not so interested it's, in another it's, film at all. Like, but it's I not feel- just you. I mean, look at it. It's in it's in chaos now. That that mm. franchise and those characters. They 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 literally sounds like they don't know what they're doing. Is that a result of not waiting longer? Or not doing something that was sufficiently different from what they'd done previous. I think it's the yeah. same. I think it's not doing so. I don't think it's a weight thing. I think one of the main things that people were criticizing about it was like, how we've only just had Spider Man finished. Like, how can we have another one? But I think it's not doing something like sufficiently mm. different because. Like the first half of, even though I like, I loved, like I quite liked Amazing Spider-Man. Mm. Like I loved all the characters. Yeah. I thought I the actors were perfectly cast. I think Garfield's great. Amazing, yeah. yeah. But 
Like until like while Uncle Ben when Uncle Ben is still on screen, I'm just like you don't need to do that. Again. You know what's happening? Yeah. Exactly. And I think all yeah. the stuff with his parents is ridiculous in yeah. those movies. Like, really it just makes bad. no sense trying to like that's almost a, you almost want to have the cake and eat it. They want to make have continuity of the Raimi films, so so many of the similar elements. Yeah, but also squeezing lots of new stuff to distinguish it. Mm. Yeah, it's almost having both sides of it which I feel like doesn't quite work yeah like all the sort of like secret agenty stuff that his dad was doing yeah. and like and also I can't get past the fact that his uh, dad sounds exactly like Saw like he sounds exactly <laughs> yeah. like when he's talking he's like it's really really <laughs> creepy to listen to um, but yeah like, but also I, I with all those films I feel like Spider-Man's enough surely yeah. you don't need all this other stuff Spider-Man in himself is a cool <laughs> enough character why do you need all this crazy stuff around him yeah. and like you're saying if you're doing something different I think you're more justified in doing it so soon Definitely. so you look at Ben Affleck's Batman I look at what they're doing and whether while I might have concerns about other aspects of that film I look at him in the bat suit and the treatment of that character and I go yeah I'm ready for that Batman yeah. mm. I've not seen that Batman on, on the big screen before mm. and it's sufficiently different to the world that Nolan did yeah. just a couple of years ago that I have no problem with it yeah. seeing another Batman mm. that's so the thing soon. I think there's there's so many scenes in the in the, uh, the second oh, I don't even know The Amazing Spider-Man that I just think I've seen Toby McGuire do this exact thing. I've seen this montage of him making the suits and like drawing it yeah, up. And to like, do the origin why do you again. Need this? Like mm. everyone is familiar enough, and yeah. even though it's not going to be carrying on from those films, yeah. so there's a breaking continuity. You just play on the fact that everyone knows how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. Mm. Yeah. That his uncle died. You don't have to do the with great power again. Yeah, yeah. I was quite interested to see that there was some photos this week that leaked that suggest that we're going to see um, the origins of Batman in in Batman v Superman no. a little bit. Which I'm quite surprised about. Who doesn't know that? Yeah, yeah. just uh, maybe what or, uh, Wayne's parents. Great, that, that, that film's going to be five hours. But it? who knows? You know, it's going to be like the das boot of superhero films. But you can't judge it, can you? Who knows? Who knows if that's true or equal? Well, if there's photos, then who knows how it's going to play into the what film? Might be. I didn't look at them because I'm yeah. sick and tired of seeing stuff Fair from that film. Early. Maybe I guess it could be just like one flashback, but still. <sighs> Unnecessary. Yeah, I don't need to walk down crime alley <laughs> unless again. unless they're retconning the origin in some way. You know, like the original Keaton Ke- um, Batman, where I don't know, another villain did it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <sighs> what did you think of that original? Uh, well, not the original. What do you think of that last Wolfman movie, though? Did you guys both see it? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen it. Okay. Oh, I thought you might. Thought you might no, call that just one. Put me off. Like yeah. I just. Like, it's got really bad reviews and never got around well it obviously it. had a very troubled production mm, that yeah. film we had one director Joe for Johnson Harper. isn't it yeah but it was Pop- Mark Romanak for a long time right, and yeah. then he, he left the project way down the line and so yeah, it's really? kind of it was Joe Johnson directing someone else's film pretty yeah. much and with Romanek who's a really dark weird yeah, exactly. filmmaker it would have been a different beast I think so I think Joe Johnson's much more you know kind of mainstream more palatable maybe his version mm. but it was just a bit of a mess, really. Yeah, I like I just remember not being, like, not really being able to follow what was going on, and actually just not caring what was going on. Yeah, and Del Toro was terrible as well. Yeah, like, he's, he's I like him. Was he cast just because he's a bit hairy? <laughs> yeah, Mainly. well, no, it did seem like cool casting at the time. He's such a cool, everyone. he's such yeah. a cool actor, but man, he didn't nail that one. No. So, is it not too soon? Then is it? Is it? Do do we deserve a good one as a, a good Wolfman movie? As they, it's definitely good. You know, it's a cool concept. You can make good werewolf movies. I feel like it's just the starting point for anything you want to do. Yeah, like you could do something cool. The harder thing with that movie is fitting it in with all the other machinery. They're lining up at the same time for the other movies. Yeah, you're gonna have to have a, a tone that's relatively consistent. So when you throw them together, 
there's probably you know they all say to a director you need to hit this end point yeah mm -hmm. or include these three things to make yeah, it make that's sense. The thing. And it's like, oh, uh, that's the thing. The restrictions they, of that. Like. They need to, they need, that's the thing. The thing with this Dracula and Toll thing is they obviously haven't got their house in order because they're just like, oh, maybe it's part of it. Maybe yeah. it's not like you, the, the Avengers, I'm sure they knew exactly what's going to happen in Civil War when yeah. they were starting out. Like, there's a plan mm. there. They need to have this plan in place. Yeah, and it feels like there's more, there's more of a natural reason for those characters to get together. Yeah. The, these characters don't really have shared history no. now going back to the universal movies of the 1940s and yeah. 50s and stuff they obviously did do mashups they mm. did like um frankenstein meets the wolfman and mm, so yeah. on because for commercial reasons they knew this character was bankable knew that character was bankable yeah, yeah. no brainer let's throw them together in one film and the that's monster why, squad that yeah. was one of my favorite films when i was but a that's kid why, like you offset risk because you know you basically trade upon things people like and that's why we're having this discussion at all about reboots yeah is instead of like going off on a big new risky venture with a character nobody knows you mm. go you know a lot of people really like spider-man still right yeah let's make another one then mm. yeah because hollywood wants to make good profit and it's relatively risk averse yeah so you go with known quantities and it, yeah well of course i mean i think it was touched upon in the podcast last week that i wasn't on but you know i, I think you and i dan both found it vaguely depressing that born four and toy story four were announced being that you know those were those were perfect trilogies really yeah, yeah. you know a, bit, a lovely beginning middle and end that really worked and it's like I want to see Lasseter and I want to see Greengrass telling new stories you know yeah. I don't need to see that story again and I've got no reason to believe they won't both be good movies yeah. they'll probably it's both just, be excellent yeah, yeah. it's just oh, really? it's the same feeling that I guess most people have when they heard Toy Story 2 was being made and Toy Story 3 you're like does it really yeah, yeah. But, but 4 just seems a weird one because it doesn't yeah. it feels kind of unnatural but there was such completion to both of the, the both the third parts of both those yeah. series as well mm, yeah. it was a very it was a full stop both times yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost the same frustration as like a Nintendo fan where you just like every year you think Nintendo at E3 are going to announce some like new character they've made and it's like no it's another Zelda here and yeah. it's like I'll play it and I'll love it but at the same time I, you know, you want something new, but yeah, it's such is, a risk. This, I've said this on the podcast before. The way the way I always regard Nintendo games is, mm. I feel like they've made new characters all the time. Yeah, but they offset the risk by making it Mario. Yeah. So, for instance, Super Mario Galaxy could have been anything. Hey, Gavin, yeah. the spaceman. Yeah. And it could have been a brand new platforming hero, and they're going, mm. oh, it's a bit weird. Let's make it Mario. Yeah. And suddenly, that was yeah. innovative, kind of dangerous. I almost yeah. wish the word uh, reboot hadn't entered. The, idiot. the lexicon, yeah, 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 it's it's such a dirty word. It's reimagining as well, yeah. but it's rare that I hear a prequel. Yeah. It's rare that I hear those words and get excited. You know, it it can work sometimes. Nolan's Batman, yeah, but more often than not, it's a bit like oh, I think you're Robocop, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like oh, it's just it's just stuff being done not as well as it was first time yeah. around. Yeah. Do you think a series has to run itself into the ground before it becomes <laughs> vaguely appealing? Like, I I like with the Batman series and the Schumacher Yeah, years. and I think uh, the Bond did a similar thing. You know, the last yeah. Brosnan movie was not great, and it was like time to take a break and come back also, with new ideas. Yeah, and there's the world new changed around The world's it. changed, new influences. Yeah. Like Bourne, obviously. Born. Like, yeah. They made Bond change. Yeah. It's doing it for the right reasons, I guess. Whereas with Spider-Man, it didn't feel like it was been so done for the right reason. Yeah. And, and this universal thing just sounds a bit messy yeah. at the moment. I think they're really forcing Particularly it. because of, you know, all the Dracula stuff. Did that video go on the site of me and you talking I about? So, yeah. yeah, so we've had the discussion already mm. about, like, just felt like they're, they're flailing around a little bit. And they're, they're waiting. It's a bit like kind of what I, 
and I said that on the video, I got that sense when I talked to the, uh, the, the people, Damon Lindelhoff and Ridley Scott about Prometheus, where they just kept changing their minds about whether they want it to be connected or not. Yeah. I mean, the film was finished. You, you, you know what you think, but they kept, they wanted to see what people thought before they made grand statements about it. And it's like, that's not how this should work. That's not a creative vision, is it? You obviously have no conviction in it. So why should an audience? Why should you ask audiences to sign up for the next 10 years and get into something? Lindelof basically said to me, well, it's both. It's a prequel. You can imagine them going off and it leading to Alien, or you can imagine it going off leading to something else. I don't imagine one you to tell me. It's literally your job. (laughs) And I think that's probably why the Marvel slate was so warmly received the other day. I know lots of people like, making too many movies. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. I can see that. But at least they're going, hey, we're doing this. Yeah. And we've got it planned out. We've got a logo. Although, like, when I did see that slate, I think we talked about it briefly on the podcast, but there is a reason to make another Hulk film and they haven't done it. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. They've made a creative reason. And, you know, everyone loved the Hulk after the Avengers. Yeah. They could have quite easily gone, yeah, let's make a Hulk film. Yeah. There's money, there's money to be made there. We've got um, Ruffalo on a contract. Let's do it. And they've gone, no, because they've been burnt in the past and you go, doesn't serve the and, the, and they've spent years developing stories for all yeah. these characters. Obviously, Hulk, they haven't developed the story well enough to do it. Yeah. So, But they have with Black Panther. And it's like, yeah, there's there's real thought and care and attention going into this. That's and really so there should be, because it's their cash cow. Yeah. Like, but it's also the characters that they loved. Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, I feel like Kevin Feige loves those characters. Yeah. And I'm not saying Avi Arad doesn't, because I think when he came in the office, he that blo- lo- bloody loves Spider-Man. He does, yeah. He, yeah, he, he really does. Like, definitely. He knows his stuff and he cares about it. But... There is obviously other pressures at work with Sony or whatever, though, yeah. with Spider-Man to like retain the rights or whatever. So final question on this point. Is the time right, then, for a Guardians of the Galaxy reboot? <laughs> <laughs> or is it too soon? Let's bring it. Tuesday. All right. That was flippant. <laughs> okay. Uh, on to a bit of reader feedback. I think you have the first piece, Daniel. <gasps> first piece is from Kyle Barrett. Hey, Kyle. Friend of the show. The news of Jared Leto being rumoured to play the Joker in Suicide Squad movie has left me disappointed. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to see an older Joker on screen, and I think that Michael Keaton would be great for the role. While the casting of Keaton could be seen as stunt casting, I think he would bring a whole new form of crazy to the role. He does good crazy. Yeah. That's his thing. We've seen this in Beetlejuice, and even his Batman was delightfully unhinged. Do you think that introducing the Joker in a Suicide Squad movie is a good idea? I do. So two but, things though. Yeah. What, one, what do we think of Michael Keaton? Mm. Do you think that would be stunt casting, or would you like to see that? It's a kind of a nice. I would say yes to both of those questions. I think it's slightly stunty, but also he would be an amazing Joker. Mm. I'd never even thought of that. No, I haven't. He looks good in white face makeup as well. We we'll have to talk about that on the on the superhero <laughs> show this week so, as well. Do. So introducing the Joker in a Suicide Squad movie. So if you listen to some of the reports, in the first draft, he wasn't included. Yeah. And now he might be along with Harley Quinn. Okay. Um, I was thinking about the Suicide Squad movie the other day as a concept. Mm. And, you know, they, you know, DC and Warner are fast-tracking a DC cinematic universe. And one of the problems with that is a lot of the first wave of superhero movies suffered from a structural problem where it was like, here's the hero, here's the villain, third act, have a fight. Yeah. And you don't want all your movies to feel like that because the Marvel movies of late have moved away from that template. They've got a bigger story on, on mm-hmm. the go. Yeah. So if you can introduce all your villains in one movie before you get onto all your individual movies, it means you save a lot of time in those movies down the line. So yeah. when you come around to doing an Aquaman movie his villain has already been introduced to audiences. That's actually a really good point, yeah. So you, the Aquaman film can be entirely about him and there's mm. no kind of flab to it. 
That's my pet theory, anyway. Yeah, and there's almost two, a tactical one. And there've been two very good Joker movies already released, so maybe yeah. it would be interesting to see him in a in a smaller role, a supporting role next yeah. time out. You know, he's obviously not going to play a big part in or any part in a uh, Batman v Superman. So mm. I, I like that idea, but is he a character you can contain? Yeah. yeah, that's the whole. Yeah, can he be just a bit part player? Will he detract from everyone else in that movie? Maybe he'll be. It'll be like Harley Quinn doing his bidding, and then he'll get revealed, sort of. Yeah, sort of almost towards the end. But it's a powerful character, and you know, if Superman and Batman are box office, Joker's box office Definitely, in his own right. Yeah. And if you've got a film called Suicide Squad, people might be like, I don't even know what that is. Hey, it's got the Joker in, All right. right? Yeah. It's almost like the bat, a backhanded Batman hook, in it? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know if Batman has a backhanded... And um, what do you think about Jared Leto? I know, again, we're going to talk about this on the Superhero Show, but... I think but... Um, Gav has some strong opinions on Jared Leto. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan that's, of almost anything that he's that's done. That's less florid language than you used the other day. It is, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I'm just not a fan of him. I'm not a fan of his work. I don't... Just, I don't know, he rubs me up the wrong way. Mm. He's a bit I, young. He is really young. and I, I just Play I, alongside Affleck's... They're probably not that. I think it's his band. I think it's the band that he's in. This is what I was saying to Rich, actually, that I think because I dislike that band so intensely and his, you know, when I hear him talking, he seems quite pretentious. Massively. Um, But, like, he doesn't do a lot of acting now, but when he does, like, I just, the things I think of are Requiem for a Dream and Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. I thought he was really good in both those movies. And there is something slightly off and otherworldly and oddball about him he's exactly the same age as Affleck mm. as well I think, that, I think that could re- I think that could work for the character um, he takes it very he takes he takes uh, the acting very seriously yeah. I, I was and we were talking about Batman the other day and how there's been so many different Batmans it's the same thing for the Joker like yeah. it's there mm. to be do something different with it distinguish it it'll be I don't think he will though I think this point this guy's made about having like an older Joker I think that is the cool way cool. of doing about it well then I'd cast Mark Hamill yeah He's back. Like the trickster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. I guess we'll have to see how this one pans out, but it's sounding like he's the firm favourite at the moment, yeah. as he was for Doctor Strange for a while. Yeah. So, uh, But he only does like one film every two or three years. Yeah, so. whereas yeah. this, you think, would be a big contract. Mm. Well, if it's not him, who do you think it could be then? Because Gosling was on the list, apparently, and I don't yeah, see that at all. Down. No, I feel like they, they want cool casting for it. Yeah. Whereas mm. I don't really care so much. Mm. Like, scare who's good. Yeah. But I think they do want a name in that role. Just get, someone, why don't we just do things that are really good? Yeah, right? why, why, yeah, yeah, but he's famous. I don't care. Yeah. See, and also, the, the thing we're going to get to soon, just thinking about this, is that a lot of the good young actors have already played iconic superheroes. Yeah. So like, I'm thinking Tom Hardy, but he's already Classic done a supervillain. Yeah. Uh, Killian Murphy, he's already done a villain. Like done Some it. of the cool people, like with there being six, seven films coming out a year now, yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of the best actors out there, Cumberbatch will have well, done yeah. something sooner or later. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's already happened in a major way one time already with Chris Evans. Yeah. Mm. He was Johnny Storm. And like good on Marvel for not letting that influence their decision because I think yeah. he's turned out to be a great Captain and America. Ryan Reynolds has done a couple. Yeah. Mm. Mm, maybe not him. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point though because you forget like because you almost forget yeah. that Chris Evans is in Fantastic yeah. Four. And he was really like, good in that role as well. Yeah, he played the cocky. Right, yeah. like, he's a good actor, Chris Evans. He was really good credit in, um, he deserves. Sunshine. I really liked uh, another comic adaptation, uh, The Losers. Like yeah, I, re- that I, one. I, I was really going to say he that. did another one, and didn't he? was he? really good in that as well, yeah. And Scott Pilgrim, I guess, as well. He's really yeah. good, isn't he? I just think yeah, yeah. Chris Evans is really good. <laughs> yeah. I like Chris Evans, and he taught the cast of Scott Pilgrim how to high-five really? without missing. Because he's a jock. That's what they were telling me, I remember, when I went on set that one. He's a cool guy. Really? 
You went on stage at the Scott Pilgrim? Mm. Oh, I'm jealous of that. That's awesome. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, on to the next piece of feedback. I've got a couple of pieces here from the same person. I just like them because they were a bit weird. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this name. Uh, Tihis Van Sise. Uh his first piece, I guess, refers to last week's podcast, which I didn't listen to. So apologies, Gav. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, Duck Hunt, last podcast you spoke of the 3D food printer. One of you had a throwaway comment saying Americans will love that. No. Hell to the no. Our food is already terrible enough. I have no desire to try any of that food, especially 3D salad. So, yeah, is there a 3D food printer? I didn't know this. Yeah, apparently there's a 3D food printer. You can print pizzas with there. That was a story that we run on IGN. Really? <laughs> about it, yeah. What has happened to this um, website? <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks absolutely foul. And I think it was me that said Americans will love that, so I'm really sorry. It's probably nicer, though, than those weird burger, microwave burgers that uh, oh, Rory's been eating for lunch Is for that a pound. Because there's one in, there's always one in the fridge. Yeah, he he's buying them for a quid. When he, first, <laughs> he used to buy a bag of donuts a day. Did he? We need to, we need wow. to saw him. He's well American. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had his. We said today in the meeting, no, he had his like baseball hat on backwards. Today. Uh, yeah. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> yeah, good. But we like his American ways. Uh, and then a second email. Uh, it says a little topic about James Bond. Uh, you spoke about him being sure to win, which is always the case in every in each and every movie. I wonder if you guys would like to see a movie where he loses. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like that though. But then he never like with the Daniel Craig ones. He never really seems like he wins. I was going to say. No, I was going to say like, Casino Royale. Is what I was going to say. He loses. Yeah. Crap at the end, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. It's never never fun at the end. He's never like yeah. as he goes away. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not Roger Moore. He's not. Yeah. yeah. Often, the women he's with just dying. Yeah. 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 No, I think he's losing more and more. We do yeah. see a sad. Mm. I mean, if he completely lost, I think. It would be a weird feeling coming out of the cinema, having watched it, where the the villains destroyed the world or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think you can almost do it. I think maybe like event at the end of because the thing that I hate is like in all of the Avengers trailers, there's always there's like that bit, you know, the sort of third act where they go like these characters have hit rock bottom and like against the torn apart. Yeah, exactly. But then at the end, they're like, no, we band together and we're gonna win. Like I feel that. The Avengers approach in a moment where some the Marvel Universe somebody's going to die. Yeah, like and that's going to be really cool. And well, I thought and it was going to be Downey Jr. for ages. And like, for a generation of kids, that's going to be like I am your father moment. Yeah. Where well, yeah, and I like, think that's well, how you, that's how you do it. I mean, Star Wars did it, and or, or, or you do it when it's a two parter, which we've yeah. got yeah. a few two 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 parters mm. coming up. That's where you can have a depressing ending because yeah. Star Wars proved that you could do it. Yeah, and people waited three years that time. Yeah. It's getting to the point where they're releasing two and then three years. Like every film can be a cliffhanger for the next one if they wanted to. It's not yeah. just the ones that are part one and two. They could do it from Civil War to Black Panther because yeah. that character goes across. Because like. none of us can remember what it's like because I'm the eldest here and I, I was too young. But can you imagine what it was like having to wait? Uh, uh, what, you know, we've always been alive. Yeah. There's been three Star Wars movies you could yeah. watch. So you could yeah. just watch Empire and then return. But if you had to wait three <laughs> years, it ended up on that Debbie Downer. And then you had three years to wait to find out what the bloody hell was going to happen. I, yeah. That must have been an absolute killer. Yeah. I, I almost don't trust any time a character dies, though. It's like, especially in the Marvel films, like you'll see, like, oh, like, oh, yeah. Samuel Jackson has he died? Has he died there? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't mm. died. That's a character right. from the comic books, though, isn't yeah. it? Because well, no, no one, one really ever dies in the comics. Comic but I feel like they will because of just practical reasons that the contracts will run out. But then, like when and they when they killed off Phil um, uh, in Avengers, oh, yeah, and you're just that like, was a bit weak because that, 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 so that's the motivation. That's what brings them together as a team. Exactly, the and it's such a big thing. And I was that like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Now he's back. Yeah. 
Disappointing. Yeah, I don't know why he's back because I haven't watched any Shield, um, any Agents for Shield. So I don't mm. know. Apparently, there's a good reason for why. Apparently, season two is really good. Mm. I'm not going to watch a season of bullshit to get to Just something skip, good. Then. Though. Skip, <laughs> skip. Uh, I think Gav, you have some competition winners, don't yes, you? Yes, we do. Yeah. So we had quite a lot of entries into the competition, the Mario Kart competition, to win a bunch of stuff. What was the question? Wasn't it Gavin. which character? What character would you like to be added to Mario Kart? I've got the answer in front of me. I could have jeopardy that. Um, but Profes- yeah, professional. Yeah, there was quite a lot. I looked like a kid then at school, like <laughs> my homework. Um, yeah, so we had quite a lot of really, really good entries. I'll, uh, so a bunch of people won hats and stuff. Twenty people won hats and stuff. Mario mm-hmm. Luigi hats, we yeah. should add. Yeah, not just hats. <laughs> hats we've made. Um, some other people won some merchandise, uh, including hats, and also some eShop vouchers. One person won a Wii U with a bunch of cool stuff in it. So I'll read out some of the runners-up. Owen Deadman, which is a pretty amazing name. What a badass. Is he yeah. a cowboy? Uh, I'll ask him. I've got his email address now. Hi, for my entry to the competition, I'd like to see a water on the back of a craft that randomly changes between the various consoles Nintendo has released over the years. That's cool. That is cool, isn't it? Because like they release, like I don't know if you still play in Street Pass mm-hmm. um, stuff, but when you unlock like a console and you wear it as a hat, like, I'm always like, oh yeah, remember that? Like that would be pretty cool. The twist being that the consoles handle based on their success, so the <laughs> SNES and Wii are just great and zip along, but the GameCube is sluggish and slow, and the Wii U is just dug in the ground so you can't even see it. Hope they use my idea of future DLC, Duck Hunt and Out. I quite like that. It's <laughs> yeah. a cool little one. I, yeah. I still like the fact that he's, he's rugged on the Wii U, but entered the competition to, to win, win a Wii U. But he hasn't won it, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Adam Quain says, Duck Hunt, hello, big fan. I'd love to see the Pokemon trainer because of the exciting uses of his Pokemon. They could be used as weapons or they themselves could simply be item replacements. For example, Pikachu could electrify a cart and it would shrink or Tentacruel could ink the player's screen. The possibilities are endless. I quite like that idea. Like variety. Yeah. But the winner is Chris Wilkes. Um, and you like this one he says hi guys I'd love to see the Technodrome from the 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game it would be great to see the massive vehicle chugging around the track and squashing Mario and Peach will be great keep up the good work nice that's what he thinks thinking outside the box exactly Yeah. congratulations Chris well done Um, we've got something else to give away this week we've got it has come out it's one of the games that's out it's World of Warcraft Warlords of Draenor Collector's Edition so you get the game um, I don't know why World of Warcraft still releasing box copies of stuff, but people seem to really, really like it. Uh, but you get the game and a load of amazing, I don't know, DVDs, probably a mouse mat, I don't know, some stuff like that. There's loads in there and it's quite, it's actually... Sell it, Gav. Yeah. Sell, sell it. <laughs> I don't have to sell it. Um, but there's loads of... If you're, I think if you're a World of Warcraft fan, you'll know exactly why this is amazing. Um, but it's a, re- it's a really nice box. Um, but to win it, we thought we'd ask you guys what who you would like to see cast if they were to make a StarCraft movie and in what role. So send in your best answer to that and the best one will win this. UK only? I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> this is my third podcast. <laughs> Let's say UK only. Okay. Because we're cheap. Okay. On postage. And Gav's going to have to pay for it. Yeah. Unless, is... unless you live in the US and you're visiting anytime soon, you can come He would it shop up. it around. Yeah. That is UK only. 
Uh, right, let's talk about what is hitting shelves and screens and <laughs> steams this week. Uh, <laughs> you sound like my dad talking about things. <laughs> well, your steams <laughs> and, your, and your iTunes and your tablets. So uh, games. Yes. <clears throat> um, the aforementioned World of Warcraft Warlords of Draenor. Yep. Any good? I don't know. I don't really play World yes, of Warcraft. Yes, well, good. Mm-hmm. Cool. As long as you're good. asking any follow-up questions, it is well good. Excellent. For lots of reasons. Um, Pez, Pro, the Pro Evolution Soccer 2015. We don't have a review yet. Mm-hmm. Other websites do. Yeah. But the online component of the game, which is quite substantial, hasn't been switched on yet, so we don't have a review. But me and Alex have been playing it. It's great. Apparently it's amazing, yeah. I, re- I like it more than FIFA this year. It's really fast and fun. That's and massive. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really good. It's awesome. So um, we need. does that mean we need to get... Craig Robertson, he's Pez, isn't he? Yeah, he, lo- he loves Pez, yeah. Okay, we'll get Craig in anyway. We, uh, yeah. We're from the exact same village, me and him. We Excellent. The same place, yeah. Well, we'll get, he's a friend of the show, friend of the podcast. Yeah. I will drop him a line. Has he not gone on ho- all Hollywood yet? Massively. He was yeah, filming yeah. a Hollywood movie in Mysacuma, where we both grew up the other day, because my mum told me about it. Yeah. Really? Well, he's directed his directorial he's directed debut. It, yeah. yeah, he's written directed it. He's only 12 as well. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I watched his uh, Amazon Prime, um, the David Gordon Green thing. It's amazing. Mm. It's such a good pilot. And uh, it was one of those things where I watched it. I was like, this is a perfect show. I really want to watch this. Mm. When's the next? Day? Oh, bah-bah. like you can't watch it. You can't watch mm. any more of it. Oh, I hate it. He's, preco- he's precocious. For yeah. Pez, for um, also, Assassin's Creed, Rogue and Unity. We've discussed them already. Yep. Um, and finally, Lego Batman 3, which we've also discussed. How is it? We don't have a review yet because we didn't get copies to later on uh but from what i've heard it's great yeah if you love lego games you love dc it's probably your ideal game i play it's quite fun. a lot of it lego games are like my comfort gaming like if i was ever ill i'd play a lego game and i was stuck at home like yeah i feel they're just not too taxing but really enjoyable and yeah fun you can play Maybe with, a lot of heart i think like you can play them with kids like yeah. i've got where i live is a lot of kids that come down to where i live that sounds that no, 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 no thanks no thanks you, li- you live by the river <laughs> no thanks all right old man river I like green grass from Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but instead of a dog, I've got. You can dispose of anything Xbox. in that river. I've got the latest um, Lego game. <laughs> but kids love those games. Come on, sit on kids, my game. That wasn't worth it. That wasn't worth it for that yeah, point. Kids, yeah, kids do love the game, mate. And kids, kids yeah. love you. Yeah. <laughs> Too much sometimes. Films? Uh, let's talk about the film. So uh, this week there's a documentary about Roger Ebert, which I haven't seen, but which is apparently fantastic. Yeah, it looks really good. If you don't know who Roger Ebert is, he's kind of probably the most popular, most read uh, American film critic of the last 30 years. And he sadly passed away about, I don't know, a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I, the reason I haven't seen this is it's based on loosely based on his autobiography. And I really want to read that. Apparently yeah. that's a great read. But he was a, a, an incredible guy. Uh, well worth checking out, although it's only in limited release. Uh, the drop is out this week, which I'm really annoyed I haven't seen. Uh, we reviewed it a little while back though, uh, and we loved it. It's it's um, James Gandolfini's last performance, yeah, and it sounds like it's a worthy film. It's got a really good dog in there. A dog, yeah. It's Tom Hardy the puppy. Yeah, Rocco the puppy, and uh, Numi Rapace. Have you seen it? I haven't, oh. but I've seen a featurette on the dog. <laughs> Don't hear anything. More. We gave we gave it eight out of ten and said. Um, Tom Hardy shines in the drop, a solid crime drama about small-time hoods, lost souls, and an abused puppy. So uh, that's well worth checking out by all accounts, and I probably will if I get the time. Uh, The Imitation Game is out this week, which I have seen and really, really enjoyed. I heard some negative things about it, and there was the odd problem I had with it, but people were saying it was just a boring straightforward kind of biography it's it's biopic i found it much more interesting than that it's a okay. really interesting character study of a really interesting guy who 
effectively won us the war and invented the computer and yet he's rarely talked about yeah and he died uh he was arrested for being homosexual and uh committed suicide based on the drugs they were trying to chemically castrate him so it's a really tragic end really and it was only yeah. he was in the news people probably know from a couple of years ago because he was finally posthumously pardoned yeah but um really amazing cumberbatch performance really really great movie and then the big one this week, uh, Nativity 3, Dude, Jesus Where's My Donkey? Christ. I, watched, I had to watch a trailer the other day for this, and I watched it, and like, it looks like such a poorly made film, as in just like technically, like the, what it actually looks like. I've made things that look better than that. Like, <laughs> it looks like someone's filmed it on their iPhone in some bits. Yeah, like, um, uh, a big plot point is like her ex, what, the, the girl, Catherine Tate, her yeah. ex, uh, organises flash mobs. And so she's getting married in New York. He travels to New York and there's loads of flash mobs in the movie. It's yeah. like, really? That's her job. Yeah. Thing is, I, like, I, <laughs> I really, really, really liked Catherine Tate in the American office. Like, I never, I was w- never a huge fan of her. She's a good actress. Character. She's really, really good she's in the good American actress, office. Yeah. And then, what's she up to? What's she doing here with Martin Clunes? Money. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I do. Where's my donkey? Why wouldn't you want to see that? It's awful. I think there's like, uh, one of the big things, one of the big plot points is like Martin Clunes loses his memory. Um, and forgets where this guy's donkey is. So his little sidekick—they're actually looking for a donkey. Yeah, like in it. Like I don't know. Actually, but, the more I think about it, the more I'm slightly wanting to see it. No, <laughs> a lot. From what I can see, a lot of it takes place in shopping centres. <laughs> don't have to get a filming permit. Yeah. <laughs> So if you see one film this week, I recommend The Imitation Game. And if that's sold out, go check out The Drop. What about you, Dan? Is there a game? There's quite a few good ones, isn't it? Loads of them. Any of them. Yeah. Any of them. All the, all the, it's big, a good, all the, all the big games. It's a good yeah. week in entertainment. All around. Apart from Nativity 3, dude, where's my donkey? That came out as well. Hmm. Okay, I'll cross that one off. Yeah. So great. Uh, thank you for joining me, lads. And thank you guys for listening and watching. And we will be back, same bat times, same bat channel next week. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.